0: Hey, this is Kyle Papano. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, at least you're honest about it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I identify with that this morning. I'm a little on the tired side myself, but I got up with an anticipation... For what God's going to do today. I got up with an anticipation because I, I know that we've been talking about this as a church family. That when we expect the miraculous, God shows up and does it. Okay? And, and maybe a better way to say that is when we expect the miraculous, we are more in tune with how he's doing it. Because he'll do it with or without you. He does not need you to do his miracles. <laughs> He just asks and invites us into participating with him. And this morning, I would love it if you turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read part of the Christmas story. We're going to do a three-part, I guess it's a small series. We can can call it that. Um, I'm captivated this year. Uh, In case you didn't know, it's New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, That's where we're going to be, Luke chapter 1. I'm captivated this year with, with the miracles of Christmas, plural, miracles of Christmas. We like to talk about the birth of Jesus, and so don't get me wrong, that was an incredible miracle. But sometimes the main miracle gets uh, the spotlight, and we miss some of the other miracles, like, for instance, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, a, a, a quick Uh, context for you, Uh, the angel has already come to Mary and said, you will have a son, you will name him Jesus, okay? That's where we are picking up. She is pregnant with Jesus, and verse 39 says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, okay, time out, Elizabeth, this is her cousin, okay, there's some family ties here, also pregnant. Also foretold that she would be pregnant. So, Mary, 14 to 16 years old, okay. Elizabeth, a lot older. A lot older. And she's, she's way past the child having years, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna get into all that with you today, but that's where she's at. This is a miracle in itself that she has a son that will be named John. And his job, his entire being, is responsible to tell people that Jesus is coming. And I don't know that I've ever identified as much with a character in the Christmas story as John. That I want my life, yes, I wanna be just like Jesus, but I want the arc of my life to let people know Jesus is coming. I, I want the miracles that are seen in and through this church to let people know that Jesus is coming. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, that's, that's John, we'll know him as John the Baptist later, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he says. Then, I don't know in your Bible, but my Bible says, it titles this next part, The Magnificent Mary's Song of Praise. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me Blessed. For the mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their throne and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made... Promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Then it says, one quick casual sentence Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, then went back to her home. <laughs> so these two enjoyed being pregnant together for three months, and then Mary went home. This morning I want to talk to you about many miracles. Many miracles, Father, I pray that you would anoint this word, um, not because I'm speaking, but God, because this is your word, and we want to hear from you. So I pray that you would uh, prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us. We're honored to be here with you. We ask you now to speak, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, really quick, before we dive really deep into this message, can I just tell you how stinking proud I am of you guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but the last three weeks, we took up our, our uh, heart for the house offering. It's our year-end offering, and you guys gave like you can't believe. Well, like I couldn't believe. I was shocked, and, and I'd love to bring you the final tally, but we don't know what that is yet because people are still giving. People are still sacrificing, but I just want you to know how honored I am that you would partner with us Uh, and how proud I am of you. It was so cool to see the names of of some of the students who gave, who sacrificed things to make sure that this, this church could continue to grow. It was cool to see the families that have partnered with us. It was great to see the individuals that have chosen to put God first in their finances. Some of you began to tithe for the first time last week, and I want to congratulate you. Again, I think it's an act of obedience. So I'm congratulating you on your obedience to God's word. Now I would say this. I want to challenge you. Pay attention. Watch out. Because when you obey, God blesses. That's just how it works. And I think maybe a better word than, than like a blessing would be favor. I think his favor is on us when we obey. Because when we hear like we're blessed, that means that oh, maybe I'm going to receive something. But when you are shown favor, it is not a tangible thing. It is just this, this grace over you. And so I, wanna, I want all of you who have participated and are going to participate in this offering, start tuning your ears to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Start watching out in your life for what he's going to do because favor is on us. How do I know that? Because Jesus is with us. And Mary's song that she sings says, How blessed am I? How favored am I that I would get to carry the Messiah? As I was studying this this week, I was, I was kind of shocked. So I, I got a, a Bible software that kind of lets me pull up a bunch of different things all simultaneously. And it's very helpful. Uh, but sometimes it lacks the breadth, I'll say, of Google. Google. And so I googled Jesus' miracles. Let's see what the world says about Jesus' miracles. Does anybody know how many miracles Jesus did? A whole lot. Do you know how many Google gives him credit for? Seven. Seven. Now, some of them are categories. I'll give them that. I'm going I'm not pro Google, okay? I'm 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 pro Bible. I'm pro scripture. And I read a ton of miracles in this book. But Google came up with this. He changed water at the wedding in Cana. That was the first the first miracle. He healed the royal official's son. He healed the paralytic at Bethsaida. He fed the 5,000. He walked on water. He healed the blind man from birth. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. Those are the seven miracles that Google gives Jesus credit for. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, dude, you left off so much. I mean, can we just talk about, I don't know, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, first of all, he came back from the dead? Also, other people came back from the dead as a response to him coming back from the dead? What? Then you have um, the alternate eighth, as they like to call it. Uh, and the, the nets overflowing was one of the miracles. But then halfway through the article that I was reading, they like to take the word miracle and degrade it a little bit down to signs. Signs, like Jesus was somehow fulfilling a prophecy, and this was not a miracle, this was just a sign. And then as you continue to read, it goes down from Sign to, what was their wording? Hang on just a second. Oh, my, this one was my favorite. Events. These were notable events by the end of this article. So Google takes the highest power the universe has ever known and boils his miraculous works down to notable events. And one of them even has an asterisk next to it. That's nuts. And I shouldn't be surprised, right? We live in a fallen world. And so, one of the things that I think we get wrong a lot as Christians is we expect the fallen world to act as if it is saved. I don't know about you, when I get frustrated, oftentimes it is because I am expecting someone or something that is not redeemed to act as if it was redeemed. Okay? I remember when I, when I would work with different people at, at jobs that I had in the past, and I would get frustrated with the way that they would deal with situations, and I would expect them to have the maturity, the peace, the foundation in Christ to deal with the situation in a way that would honor God. But they didn't have a relationship with God. And so I'm over here getting frustrated, not because they're dumb, but because they don't have the relationship in eternity with Jesus to have the capacity to deal with this in the right way. That's irritating to me. And I I found myself more and more getting irritated the further down this, this article that I read. Because I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't just Jesus, a notable figure in history. Because it also credits Jesus with Islam as well. In the same article, this is the Jesus of Christianity and the Jesus noted in Islam. What in the world? How can you take my Lord and my Savior, the one that I have sacrificed everything in my life for, and degrade him down to the point where he is just a notable figure in history, and he did a couple of notable events? And I don't know. I guess the coolest thing that he ever did, he did die uh, uh, for my sin, and he raised to life, but the virgin birth is pretty cool. Again, I'm not going to get into everything here with you, but it's a miracle. <laughs> and when we think that, he, when, when God asks for a, a sacrifice, it means that he wants something that is pure. Remember we talked about Cain and Abel, and we said that Abel's offering was acceptable because it was, it was the first fruits. It was the first, it was the best, it was, it was the prime stuff. And yet here we are left with leftovers again of notable events. I just kept thinking of the prophet Isaiah. Throughout his time on earth, he was announcing the way that Jesus would come. I mean, there was literally so many prophecies, if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere in the 400 range of prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill to be called the Christ. And he nailed each one of them. And somehow, that, those 400 didn't make it onto this list for Google. Somehow we stop giving credit to Jesus for the little things that he did. Somehow we have stripped him of his authority to come into the world through a virgin. We stripped him of his authority to, I mean, guys, think about this. Jesus was a kid at some point, so that means he went through the terrible twos and he was perfect. We don't give Jesus credit for being perfect as a two-year-old. I have a two-year-old. He's not perfect. Very far from perfect. I love him, but he's not perfect. Jesus was a teenager, and he was perfect. Okay, and not enough parents in the room said, wow, because that's crazy. Okay, then, not only that, Jesus was a carpenter, which, depending on, on the scholar that you're talking to, could, could work with wood or with stone. Okay, it was kind of a both-and situation. Would you, do you think that Jesus ever let Joseph, his dad, know that he was, like, better than he was? Because let me tell you something. Early on in life, my dad taught me some things with wood. And, and I love working with Wood, and he's very good with Wood. I, I, I love working with my dad when we're doing projects like that. And every chance that I get to let my dad know that I have learned a lesson from him, I'm going to let him know. Hey, I got this. I can handle this. I know what I'm doing. Do you think Jesus ever just, like, thought about something and the project got together on the other side of the workshop? We're stripping Jesus of his authority in those moments, in the everyday moments, because we're so caught up on, on degrading him down to notable events. But Isaiah says this, He's actually speaking for God himself. He says, but forget all that. He runs through a huge list of things that God has already done in and through the nation of Israel. He says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. I guess what he's saying to us is perceive the little things. I know that I brought you out of, out of Egypt. I know that I brought you through the Red Sea. I know that I've conquered your enemies. I know that I've set you free. I know that I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. But forget all that because what I'm about to do is going to be even better. And then in Malachi, he says the, 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 the former house is going to fade away. This house is going to be better than the former. What I am about to do is going to be better than what I have done. And yet we are so stuck on seeing what he has done that we are missing the many miracles that he is doing in and through our everyday life. This is more than just a a cute story with a nativity. This is a story of redemption. This is the beginning of the life that brought redemption for us. I want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate the fact that not not only did Jesus come, but he promised to make a way through the wilderness. In every dry season, he promises to make waves. So when I'm going through something difficult, he promises to be my peace. When I'm going through a strain in a relationship, he promises to be a healer. I was talking with uh, Pastor Ron Bloom last night, and. Uh, we, we were kind of texting about, you know, what are we going to talk about today? And that's, that's one of the things that I love doing with him. But he was saying that it's been a hard season for him and his family. And I, I just, like, I, I understand that there are some frustrations in life, and we all go through things. But it is with confidence that I say, I'm praying for you, and I know that God's with you. Because he came. That's the whole point of what we're studying here. People were looking for a leader, but they found a servant. This is one of the many miracles that Jesus did. He came in a way that no one expected, that no one would really understand, because everybody wanted a general, and they got a baby. And I don't know about you, but if I'm expecting a powerhouse to come in, and I'm handed an infant, I'd be a little on the disappointed side. And yet they were looking for, they were looking for a model citizen. They were looking for someone who was going to look rugged, who was going to be a a statue-like figure to follow. And instead they were given a model to model their life after. In the form of a baby. So these are the kinds of things that I, I'm picking up on this year in the Christmas story. And I don't know about you, if you've been a Christian for more than a year, then you know the Christmas story, and, and it, it hasn't changed since last year. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's still the Christmas story. It's still a virgin birth. There's still uh, uh, shepherds coming in from the fields. There's still wise men But I guess I'm trying to pay attention to the things that weren't maybe spoken outright as a miracle. Think about this. It wasn't just many miracles. It was many miracles. It was many, many miracles that led up to this moment that Jesus was born that the entire earth knew. By the way, even Herod himself knew that he was in trouble. So the guy who was ruling the nation knew something has shifted in the atmosphere. I'm in trouble. And he starts asking around, where can I find this baby? But just let's let's look at a couple of things. Number one, Gabriel the angel announces John the Baptist's birth uh, to an old woman. Okay? So first of all, not only is she, let's say late 80s, early 90s, she's going to have a kid. And it was prophesied to her. Then... Then the angel comes to Zechariah, her husband, and says, you're not going to speak because you didn't believe me. You're not going to speak until he's born. Okay. So then the angel shows up to Mary and says, you're going to be with child. So now the the angel's shown up twice. Well, three times if you count Zechariah. Then he shows up to Joseph. And then the angel shows up to a bunch of shepherds. So angels are popping up all around to announce that Jesus is coming, and we don't pay any attention to it. That's just a normal part of the nativity scene for us. It's that cute little angel that we put on the top of the barn. You know what I'm talking about? But i got to let you know, it's not one of the precious moments kind of things. This is an overwhelming sense of the Spirit of God being in your presence, so much so that it says, Elizabeth, prior to anybody knowing what the Holy Spirit was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit before he was born? That's a miracle. Might be a mini miracle, but it's one of many miracles in the Christmas story. So then not only is Zechariah silent for nine months, not only does an angel tell Mary that she's a virgin and going to be pregnant, then as soon as it comes time for John the Baptist to be named, Elizabeth says his name will be John. And they go, no, 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 his name should be Zechariah. That's his father's name. But... Let's ask the father, what does he say? Well, he can't speak. And so he writes down that his name will be John. And immediately he can speak again. Immediately, as soon as the word of God was fulfilled in his life, all of a sudden everything came back into alignment and he was restored to the way he was before. That's a miracle. Then let's look at things that, I don't know, weren't mentioned in the story. In fact, did you know that the Gospels actually say that there were so many miracles that Jesus did that this book couldn't contain them? Did you know that there are so many miracles that couldn't be written down that the earth couldn't contain them? Don't worry, they were just notable events. You didn't miss out on much. I want us to pay attention to the little things. Like, the fact that Joseph talked his pregnant fiancé into riding on a donkey for 100 miles. I don't want to ride 100 miles on a donkey today. Period. And I'm not pregnant. I don't want to do it at all. Heck, I don't even want to drive 100 miles today. Okay? I just don't. And I'm still not pregnant. (laughs) But I think that's some kind of miracle. Because I can just tell you, when Brittany was nine months pregnant with Levi, there was no chance on God's green earth that she was going to get on a donkey. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No chance. Then I think of these shepherds. Why, If sheep go to bed at night and they brought them into the pens... Why were the shepherds out? If if they were out in the fields, which the Bible says they were, then what were they doing that late at night? Did they not make it home in time? Were they camping? I'm just curious because I I think of what it would be like to be camping in the middle of a desert uh, trying to feed my sheep. And all of a sudden, the sky lights up. Like, remember a couple months ago we had that big lightning storm and, and how bright that light was as soon as it flashed? Okay, I just imagine it being something like that, but like constant. Being completely overwhelmed with the presence of God. And so I start praying, God, I, I love that you're, you're in, in the nativity story, in, but I want to know your presence like the shepherds knew your presence. It says they were enveloped. That means completely surrounded, completely overwhelmed. It was inside them. It was outside them. They were enveloped by his presence. I think of the, I'm not going to get too far into this Christmas story here, but uh, I think of the magi that came and the gifts that they brought. I I think one of the craziest parts is we, we just read gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but There are some theologians that think this was over a million dollars worth of gifts to bring to Jesus, that it would actually finance the trip that they made, and then some. I think of the miracle of Herod wants to kill Jesus, and so again, an angel comes to Joseph in the middle of the night and says, Take your family and leave in the middle of the night. We don't read that part of the story. We just see baby Jesus' swaddling claws and think, okay, end scene. But the reality is, an angel comes back and says, he's in trouble, flee to Egypt. By the way, fulfilling a prophecy that was said hundreds of years before, that my son will be delivered out of Egypt. So not only do we have a nine-month pregnant woman who comes to a place, really more like a cave, gives birth in a a cave setting, puts her kid not into a a baby cradle, but a food-covered trough. And then has to flee because she can't go back home or her son will die. That's the Christmas story. And so if I start paying attention to all of these many miracles, the many miracles that happen in the Christmas story, not just the birth of Jesus, then I've also got to pay attention to what God is doing in my personal life. Sometimes the biggest miracle in your life is that you woke up this morning. Anybody been there where you're just like, I'm just glad I woke up. (laughs) I'm just glad I got out of bed. For some of you, The biggest miracle in your life might be that you got out of bed without pain. And young'uns, if you're under 30, take advantage of it now. I actually, I made myself a promise probably 15, 20 years ago that I was going to thank God regularly when I didn't have a sore throat. I have had a lot of different sicknesses in my life, but maybe none bug me as much as a sore throat. I just can't stand having it. And so there are times I'll be driving down the freeway and I'll, and I'll realize, like, oh, I just swallowed a drink of my water and it didn't hurt my throat. God, thank you that I don't have a sore throat right now. And it makes me cherish those things more. I don't know about you. I love going to a car and not to a donkey. God, thank you for modern conveniences. God, thank you for air conditioning in the summer. Thank you for heating in the winter. God, thank you for a car. Not just for a car, but a car that starts. Because at one point, that was optional in my life. (laughs) Some of you have had a car like that where you turn it on and you're like, oh, he lives. (laughs) I'm... I'm not kidding. I want us to start taking these parts out of the Christmas story and realize that not only were we invited into the grand redemptive narrative of who Jesus is, because we are now Jesus to our friends and our family, our coworkers and our, our spheres of influence, but we are also experiencing little miracles every single day. Like let's not get callous to the fact that we're able to pay rent. I know that's not super fun, and we don't think of it as a miracle, but if you've got a roof over your head, it's a miracle. If you're able to write the check, it's a miracle. God came through again. He provided again. Some of you have kids that are functioning members of society. That's a miracle. Let me tell you, I know some people that are not so functioning in society. And so when I run into people who are functioning members of society, I think, man, God, thank you for what you have installed in them. And for the ones who aren't, I'm grateful. Help me help them. That's the focus of our church. We want every person to experience what God can do through you. Through you. Not to you, not for you, not because of you, but through you. The way that salvation works is he paid the price for your sin. Now you give your life to him. That's it. Giving your life to him, though, is not just a one-time decision. It is, some of us have to make the decision multiple times in a day to give my life back to Jesus. I've got to make the decision multiple times to give my life to Christ so that when I read this story and I read about the miracles that happened, believe me, there's, there's so many. If you want, go through and pour through the book of Luke. Luke. The first two, three chapters, five chapters are incredible. You want to see more than seven miracles? Go read the book of John. See what God did. I don't want Google to have the final say in my faith. God gets credit for more than seven things in my life. God gets credit for my breathing. God gets credit for my gifts. God gets credit for my bank account. God gets credit for my friends. Okay, He's getting more credit Then Google will give him credit for in my life. I hope it's the same for us. I hope that this Christmas season, it's weird saying that, this Christmas season, doesn't feel like it's Christmas quite yet. I hope that this Christmas season, we start paying attention to the many miracles in our lives. And I think when you start paying attention to the many, you start realizing the many that really we have a lot to be grateful for. This is not just Thanksgiving, that we, we, we choose to be grateful for things. But when I read the story of, of Mary's obedience, I try to read the story of, of Christmas each year from a different perspective, just so it keeps it fresh. Like I said, the story still hasn't changed. But when I think of the obedience of a 16-year-old saying, yes, I'll go ahead and, and carry this kid. First of all, I'm a guy, so no chance would I agree to carrying a child. Uh, Then you have 16 years old, and she was found righteous. Well, what did she do that was righteous? I think she gave God credit for the many miracles in her life. And when you live in a posture of giving credit to God for the many miracles, you start realizing the many miracles that he's done. And now all of a sudden, it's a cycle. You want to serve him more. You want to live for him more. You want to be like him more. So, I'm curious, and this is maybe uh, the group participation part of the sermon. What are some miracles that God has done in your life? I want to hear it. Shout shout out a mini miracle. Engagement. Somebody got a job. That's awesome. Keep going. Mini miracles. Internship. Internship. your wife. Good save, Vern. Hey, online, uh, I'm watching. Shout them out. Um, I'm grateful for my family. The work that God has done in our family is incredible. The healing that he's brought in times of, of struggles is incredible. Somebody else. A mostly seamless senior project. That one maybe needs a little bit more prayer. Um, Many miracles. I happen to know that we've been praying for a miracle in Brittany's family, and her dad got a new job this week. Sometimes the many miracles aren't many. (laughs) Sometimes the job is the evidence, but there is a many miracle of peace in hearts. That's what I'm I'm trying to get us to watch. That's what I want us to focus on this Christmas. That it's not just one miracle, Jesus' birth. That it's many, many miracles that lead up to this moment culminating in the glory of heaven coming to earth to be with us, to set us free, and to bring us back to him. Isn't that cool? I hope this week that you'll do me a favor, and, and whether it's on your, uh, your phone or if you're gonna actually take notes and write it down, I hope this week you'll write down a mini miracle every day. That's your homework assignment, okay? I know some of you are going into finals week. You're like, I'm sick of homework. I'm done with that. Don't worry about it. Write them down, and, and if you need something to pray about, thank him for that. Thank him. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that he, he gave us his word. There are some times where even as a pastor, I'll go into a quiet room and I'll pray and I'll say, Jesus, I need you to speak to me and I'll get my pen ready or I'll be at my computer ready to go and I hear crickets. And it's in those moments that I realize, oh, wait a minute, he already wrote a bunch of stuff down for me. I can start here. I have his word to carry with me. I'm I'm grateful for the many miracles of every single one of you. Because there was a time where none of you were here. And I'm believing that God is going to take this many miracle and and make it many miracles. He's going to take each one of our many miracles together, put it together, and make many miracles out of it for his glory. Amen? I'm not going to go long today. I want you to read through the Christmas story. I want you to be here next Sunday. I don't want you just to come for the coffee, but it's a pretty good reason to start coming for the coffee. I want you to come expectant that God's going to say something and move here. Because as we look more at the miracles of Christmas... I think it's going to humble ourselves. It's going to make us more aware of what God is doing in our own lives. And I think that's important. Because if you go through your life and you only give the credit that Google gave credit to, you're going to miss so much. You're going to miss the fact that not only are you living and breathing, but a a perfect Savior died for you. everything you've done in the past, everything you're currently going through, everything you will ever do, he died for it already. That's a pretty incredible miracle. I don't want to miss that. I want to pay attention to all of it. So I'd love it if you'd bow your heads. Jesus, it's an honor to To hear the story of how you chose to come to earth. And though when we think of a savior, when we think of a ruler, we rarely think of pampers coming alongside that. But because of your birth, we got to experience not just one miracle, but many miracles over your life. And so we want you to know that we give you the honor and the glory for every single miracle that you did that we know about and the ones we don't know. God, I will will give you glory, even if Google won't. Father, I want your presence in my life more. We want your presence in our church more. We want to see more miracles in and through this house every single week. God, we are so grateful for the jobs that you have provided this week. We recognize that you have done miracles in our lives this week. God, that you healed Eli. We're grateful for that. We're grateful for John's job. We're grateful for Jaden's job. We're grateful that finals are almost over. Continue to get us through. We need a miracle there. But Father, I know that your, your power doesn't stop at the end of our prayer. Your power goes before us and beside us and behind us and it's over us it's underneath us lifting us up and so Father I pray that you'd help us this season to give you the credit that you deserve for the many miracles that you've done even the many ones the ones that you are doing with your head bowed and your eyes closed I know that there are some people here who um, who need to maybe give some credit where credit is due and you need to give your life to christ you're saying man i I love all these miracles that you're talking about but i want to experience them i haven't had the the capacity to see these yet maybe you're watching online with us and that's that's resonating in your heart i'd love it if you just say a prayer with us the bible tells us that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus is lord then you will be saved And so we're going to all say a prayer together with you, but I'd love it if you need to say this prayer. Normally we do this at the end. If you need to say this prayer right now, would you raise your hand? I want to see it. Awesome. Awesome. Father, you see the hands that were raised here. You know the, the hands that were raised online. that you would answer the prayer with the miracle of salvation. If you would, repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Give me the capacity to see the many miracles that you are doing in my life. I give you my life. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you guys. We had two people in here raise their hands, and I know there's gonna be more online, but we are proud of you. We are excited about what God is doing, and I want you to know that two miracles just happened in the room. Two destinies just changed. Two generations just got saved. Now, we gotta keep looking for more miracles. Because they are there. And we've got to start giving God the credit that he deserves. Okay? You guys with me? Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you as we dismiss. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast. But make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.